This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. October already. Here we go. A little October baseball going on in the uh, Mile High Sports studio. We can watch the uh, wild card games. Opening of the round of uh, best of three series going on there. The Rangers take their first one over the Rays for 0 today and the uh, Blue Jays trailing Minnesota at the moment. Two more games tonight. It's been such a long uh, season, I think, in Colorado with the Rockies losing 103, the worst season they've ever had, to forget that this for baseball, Sandy, has been a tremendous comeback season for the sport itself. Oh, I I, think so. Shorter games. Shorter games. First and foremost. uh, More entertaining games. The the personality is back in baseball. A lot of these unwritten rules are kind of going out the window as younger generations kind of say, hey, look, you you smash a 450, you get a bat flip. I I strike you out, I get to pump my fist. That's the way it is. Yeah, and, you know, I just seen the Texas Rangers in person down in Arlington, uh, I guess roughly a month ago. When, when we were there right. for uh, CU and uh, TCU, and we uh, went uh, on Labor Day to Arlington to watch uh, Texas play Houston, and Houston uh, won easily that day, ended up sweeping the series. But after that, actually, Texas came back and retook first place, blew it on the final day of the season, so they become a wildcard team now. Houston gets a bye along with Baltimore, of course, a 101 win team and so texas had to go to tampa and uh sean mcdonough was on the broadcast espn on abc uh, today and uh, you know for the rocky fans who are still paying attention uh tampa bay lost today but won 99 games this year using 58 players and 37 pitchers that is organizational depth, which the Rockies do not have. So I don't want to hear about the Rockies' injuries and other travails because I think it was true um, that in September at shortstop, Tampa started six different shortstops. Now, they, they had the wild card wrapped up. They sort of were chasing Baltimore, but not really. They they never they finished two games behind, but they never really got close enough to threaten Baltimore. But imagine that last month of the season, six shortstops, and for the year, fifty-eight position players played at least a game, and thirty-seven pitchers were used. Congratulations! <laughs> I, don't the, also I don't think the Rockies used thirty-seven pitchers to the uh, lot, but. 
They the AL East, of course, uh, might have had. It's even hard to put it in perspective. Ronald Acuna Jr. with a forty seventy yeah. season. Talk about forty forty seasons. Forty seventy yeah. seventy plus steals. And congratulations to the three teams in the East make it. Of course, the Braves, the Phillies, and the Marlins. Yes. Easy to Great forget. Year for the Marlins. By the way, the Marlins GM, Kim Eng, becomes yeah. the first woman to be the general manager of a of what we kind of call the four major sports in America. Yep. As professional sports to She's make the postseason. Wonderful job. And done it uh and done it the hard way. She started in the late nineties with the Yankees, uh, working her way up like everyone else does. And uh, a inspired hire after the Derek Jeter move kind of yep. appeared yeah. to be more of a show than than yep. really being effective. Yeah. Uh, they grabbed King him Ang, who had been working in the Dodgers and had, arguably could have had that job and maybe should have had that job. She gets the job with the Marlins, and here they are in the postseason. And so, you had, I think, uh, credit oh, to her, close, credit to them. Yeah, in the National League, you had uh, the six best teams, and I think you did in the American League too. Uh, obviously the division winners make it and Minnesota winning only 87 games, uh, won the American league central Milwaukee won 92 to run away with the national league central. The Cubs seem to be in good shape coming down the stretch, but lost six of 10 down the stretch in the final weeks. And Cincinnati lost seven out of 10. So, Arizona squeezes in. Uh, Miami makes it with a strong finish. And, again, when you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays, they spend little more, if not less, than the Rockies. And Let me give you those numbers. I Tampa Bay has made the way. playoffs five straight years. The average, and this is the payroll, but by the end of the year, the average payroll in the major leagues, I could tell it's October because my contact lenses are so goopy, I'm literally have to hold up the the uh, laptop to my face yeah. because I can't see out of my contacts. So if you're enjoying that on milehighsports.com slash watch, that's funny. But the league average is $156.4 million. The Rockies had $171 million 14th the 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 lowest team above league average but 14th overall now let's look at some of these teams again right yeah the twins 16th the brewers 19th yeah the marlins 22nd (laughs) the rays 27th right the orioles 28th it is to an extent and you want to see the big money teams the mets where are they they're number one they inspired Buck Showalter. Yankees at home. Phillies at home. Now, the Rangers this no, year. No, no, no. The Phillies, man. I'm sorry. Not, I'm, I'm sorry. Not Phillies. Padres. Padres, Padres. were there. Yeah, they're yes, sitting. Yes, now, right. fourth was the Rangers. They made it. Fifth was the Phillies. They made it. Right. Sixth was the Dodgers. Then the Astros. And it is the truth in baseball that does not have a salary cap. Spending doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot. It does, however, give you an immense margin for error when it comes to injury. So it's not saying that that spending more doesn't help. It does. But you can see the teams that made it below the Rockies. And that's because, quite frankly, dollar for dollar, they ran their organization better. Of course. And they they have been running their organization better. And and, and for many years. I mean, Tampa Bay is not a a flash in the pan. They 
The Twins the always five seem years to be in the, the mix. Twins are in the mix. Brewers always seem to be it's in the mix. It's a weak division, but they're in the mix. The Brewers have been solid. Um, I, I'll be interested to see how well they do without David Stearns uh, at the helm. He's gone to New York to take on the challenge of uh, being president of the Mets and refashioning that team. But here's what real organizations do. And I'm not saying the Mets by any means are model organization, but there is accountability. The Mets won 101 games last year under Buck Showalter. I don't happen to think Buck Showalter was a problem this year at all. In fact, the Mets to a man testify that he kept the team together. Now, was 74 and 87 together, but But it's a hell of a lot better than 59 and 103. Uh, And everybody around here talks about Bud Black and Bill Schmidt and uh, they're they're nice guys and they're they're custodians. Uh, And if if you want to put blame on Dick Monfort, put all the blame on Dick Monfort. You know something, though? A, A real organization would have accountability for losing 103 games. Rockies won't change. They won't make a change. I agree. They won't make any changes at all. They won't do anything. They won't do anything. They're going to say, this is the rebuild we're committing to our young players that you had to. The the Red Sox, who finished last, yes, but still won 78 games. They fired their GM. And there's no question that they're going to do it. It was not a surprise when they did it. And it was not a surprise when the Mets fired Showalter before the season even ended. And, And he's a class act. He handled it well. But... The Giants were pretty good all year. Fell apart down the stretch. Kapler's gone. Four games under The manager's fired before the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Out you go. So, and I'm not saying that the answer to every losing season is to fire the manager, but there has to be some level of acknowledgement that for an owner who every year picks grandiose things for the Rockies to do and says they will do them and said this year on the he thought they would eve of training the camp, they, w- they would be a 500 team. Mm-hmm. And he said it with real vehemence and conviction. This wasn't just, you know, Pat Bowman used to pick the Broncos to go 16 and 0 right. every year. But that was also that, intended that was, not to be that taken was seriously. Right. That was not to be taken seriously. Dick Montfort wants desperately to be taken seriously, and yet he continues to say stupid things. And when instead of winning 81 games, they win 59, there's no consequence for anybody. Well, in fact, the 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 current spin, uh, and I'm sort of amazed to hear media members in town saying it, is that, well, the Rockies finally are starting to do the rebuild right. No, they weren't. They're, they're big money guys. What, because got hurt, Tovar had a nice year. As a yeah, and Nolan Jones came came out of essentially okay, nowhere. That's, that's great. Um, but they didn't start. No the pitcher year. stepped up. They didn't no start the year with up. Nolan Jones no. being in the no. lineup. No. They didn't. No. These these guys that got in the lineup late, the Brenton Doyle wasn't in the lineup. Not and By the, the way, still not a, a particularly good hitter. No, he's a terrible hitter. He's but a 200 you're looking at, uh, it wasn't a an idea they're committed to a rebuild. Their big money players either didn't perform or got hurt. They were all exactly. friends at the end of the year. And at least Bill Schmidt did realize I should get anything for some of these guys, the Randall Gritchicks and the CJ Crones of the world, rather than nothing. And, and they made moves for prospects that are not significant prospects, by the way. Not like guys that are ever likely even to make the majors. And all of a sudden, the Rockies come to do a rebuild? No, they didn't. They're, 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 
car that they built with a one-cylinder engine finally died, and the wheels eventually all came off, and then they go, oh, well, that's what we meant to build. No, you didn't. You got lucky that Tovar was good and that Nolan Jones was good. And that's great. Let's see him do it again. Because we've seen a bunch of prospects, and this happens in baseball. It happens in all sports, but baseball especially. You can walk in as a rookie and have a good rookie year. If you have major league caliber ability, you can have a good rookie year because you surprised people. They're not familiar with you. The second year, now they know you. And if you can come through and play well in your second year, then you're probably a player and you're going to have a good career. If you regress, the question is then up in the air again until you prove you can get it back in year three. What what is I'm bullish on Tovar and Jones? The foundation. What is the foundation? I have no two, idea. Two guys. Now the extended ter- Charlie Blackman. Extended Charlie yeah. Blackman at the end of the year. And Charlie Blackman had okay. a decent he year. Did. He's a pro. He's a pro. And there's no and but he missed much of the year right. with the what broken hand? I, I don't blame. I don't blame Charlie Blackman. I don't even blame the Rockies. You might as no, well. If he has no, a good year, you could trade him. If he has a good start, no, uh, they but, they went ahead he, and picked up the negotiated Marquez coming no, off of his surgery. There's no there there. Yeah. There's no there there. There's no foundation. They're a terrible offensive team. Um, at certain positions, they're decent defensively, but I, I wouldn't call them an especially good defensive team. It, it pitching's awful. You, you go find a starting pitcher with a whip of 1.3 or lower and happy hunting, you won't find that player. Find a player who drove in 80 runs this year for the Rockies. It's a mess. Right? Mm-hmm. No one. Nobody. No one. 80 runs at Coors Field. 80. Half your games. 80 runs. Nobody drove in 80. Wasn't McMahon... Battling with Tovar at the end of the year for the RBI lead. And Tovar, by the way. Tovar was okay. Not even okay. ever profiling as a slugging shortstop. He's not supposed to be Troy Tulowitzki. Well, I understand. It, it, that's Coors Field. But Tovar, led, Tovar your rookie, led your team in RBIs with 73. Okay, he did lead. McMahon? Tovar. McMahon. McMahon so had McMahon. 70. Elias Diaz. Had seventy two. Elias Diaz, good, yeah. good, good year for him. Good credit for him. He's thirty two. He's turned thirty three yeah, in a month. He, after the All Star game and his heroics at the All Star game, he had a very, very quiet. Now, if you'd like to find game. Rockies that had a hundred strikeouts, you could take your pick. Oh, take because there pick. were six, and the only reason that Direction Profar and Chris Bryant didn't join them is they didn't play enough. The the three hundred um, on base percentage mark for any regular, is to be assumed, right, in a decent Major League Baseball lineup. I'm not picking on Tovar, but he's their leading RBI man. Mm-hmm. Tell me what his on-base percentage was because it wasn't 300. 287. That's a joke. Now, the top guy And was- he's hitting, not leadoff, but he was hitting, I think, second mm-hmm. down the stretch. Now, Jones the led the team with a 389. That's yes, that's very solid. good. And he no, did he finish with very 20 good home runs and 62 RBIs and only 100. He's very good offensively. He's a nice find. One guy. Still strikes out a lot, though. 126 yeah. strikeouts sure. and 367 sure. at bat. Sure. And when you look at the yeah. pitching, it's even more nightmarish. But, yeah, for the Rockies, this is the concern. You, you go watch some really good teams play baseball, and you'll be able to do that over the next month. And you'll say, why can't the Colorado Rockies be that way? 
It's not the altitude. It's not the money. It's none of that. It's the organization's not run well. And I think you've hit it on the head. I don't think we're talking about, boy, you have to get rid of people. But expectations have to exist. And for the Rockies, there are no expectations. The team wins 80, loses 100. It's all the same. We like the people that are in charge, so we're going to just go ahead and go with that. And they all exist internally. Now, I I understand they went outside the organization for Bud Black. And Bud Black was a very good manager for the first two years. And then the pitching dried up and and the hitting deteriorated and they made almost across the board uh, dumb signings uh, that that didn't work out. Uh, The one guy on the team that I sort of root for, uh, other than Kyle Freeland, who I know a little bit and I do like him, um, is uh, Daniel Bard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I watched Daniel Bard pitch uh, during their 100th loss and it, it saddened me that he was kind of a mop-up guy in that game. And he had a few control problems, gave up some runs. And I'm just thinking that even even the nice stories get lost with this team. They're so bad. Well, they're, they've become irrelevant. The, the funny thing is, early in the year, and, and it's, it's uh, actually it's kind of amazing how it happened. Early in the year, they had a series with the Philadelphia Phillies who came in to town and there was uh, it was the, the, the end of uh, mid, and part of April early in that series remember there was a there was kind of a not a brawl but an argument oh, and, and, sure. and Bryce Harper got yep. tossed and uh, Bryce Harper was caught I was at that game yelling yep. at the Rockies caught right. saying right. you're in a clown organization <laughs> yes and that's what he said. Uh, and they're and truth tellers. Boy, did Bryce Harper nail it or what? And the funny thing is, here's the part that Bryce Harper could have said a million things. That's not the first thing you pick to trash talk. But Harper literally just chose that because he knew that was probably the most hurtful thing to the Rockies players. And you're on a team that's a joke, which means by definition, you're a joke, and the entire league knows it. And that's basically what Harper pegged in April. And he said what everybody in baseball other GMs knows who try to and make deals for with the, the most part won't say because they want to be able to deal with the Rockies and please them. them. So they're not going to criticize them and other owners are going to wonder how would such A lousy product, and I want to use a stronger word mm. than that, but uh, we do operate under certain yes. guidelines. You can go with uh, Bryce Harper's. How, how on earth <laughs> does an owner put out a product in the manner that Dick Monfort does year after year and turn a profit? You're so not in a perverse baseball. way, they admire that. You're not selling baseball. You're selling Colorado Summer. And they want Dick Monfort to be an owner from here to eternity. You're kidding? Yeah, they'd love to do what he does. Wait, your team doesn't have to be good and you're still in the top 10 in attendance every year? Holy moly, how do you do that? Well, the CU Buffaloes haven't been able to do that. They had to get good or at least entertaining, which they have most certainly done. Their weekly oh, press yes. conference happened today. We'll have some sound from Shadur Sanders and Deion Sanders next on Miley Sports. <laughs>
Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Well, after their better-than-expected performance against Southern Cal, uh, eventually, it's thrown out so well, but the, the rally was very solid. The Buffaloes now find themselves heading to Arizona to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils, a game that uh, they are, quite frankly, now expected to win. And as we talk about the the way this works out for the Buffs, I think you and I are on the same page. We see six wins on the schedule. Yeah. Hard to see seven Unless they really surprise somebody, I well, think. they'd have to win a road game that they're not supposed that they're not to supposed win, to. They'd, right? have, they'd have to because surprise somebody. We, and I don't we, we have them getting to six yep. by beating the two Arizona schools. The next, the Arizona next two State weeks on the road. Next two weeks are big ones. They, they well, go to Arizona yeah, State. I, and I would they think Stanford at home. Stanford they could handle at home. Uh, Arizona State on the road could be a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona at home again, a game they should win. They should be favored and they should win that game. Now. Where do you get a seventh win? Not that you need it for bowl eligibility, but for a winning season, which would symbolically mean yeah, be a, a lot. Huge deal. It would. It, it, it really would. You, um, you go to you go to six UCLA. and six would be fine. Seven and five exceptional. Yes, you have UCLA on the road. You have Washington State on the road. You have Utah on the road, and Utah will have its quarterback back by then. And and three of those final four games, except Arizona, again teams that are ranked right now and all in the top correct eighteen teams correct in Utah and, 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 and Oregon State, and again, Washington that's, State. Uh, that's the deal, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, with the with the Pac-12 now, some of the order has been rearranged, but uh, we've got Washington seventh in the AP poll, Oregon eighth, USC ninth. How about that? Back to back to back, all Pac-12 teams. Uh, then you have Washington State number thirteen, Oregon State number fifteen, and Utah slipping to number eighteen. Utah got caught on the road without its starting quarterback and scored only seven points and got uh, beaten by Oregon State. And Oregon State's very good. Oregon State moves up to 15th yeah. in the rankings. So, uh, no, you don't have a top six team anymore, but you do have between seven and 18. That's 12 spots, half of them. Occupied so by Pac-12 navigating teams. that Pretty schedule impressive. and getting to six is is going to be, uh, it's not it's not a foregone conclusion, and they can't slip up. Shadur Sanders at the Buffs press conference earlier today was asked specifically about the show. Right, I mean, you're talking about uh, how many stars are there, how many people are there, you have people performing in the locker room, all those sort of things that are happening. And there is an argument that people have made that it's a distraction. Now, that's an easy argument to make, I guess, except the Buffs haven't lost to a team that they weren't expected to lose to. They were better than normal. than really expected against USC. And yes, the, the Rams... Colorado State, them. they were flat. They caught them. Yeah. But I also think that had more to do with the Rams than it did with the show surrounding the Buffs. But Shadur Sanders was asked about that and asked about the attention that's brought to the organization and the program now that they've, they're so interesting. And if that could be a distraction. No, I don't, because I know everybody's regular humans. So it's not, I don't really be phased by names or anything like that. It's just they come here to watch the game, like entertainment purposes. So we got to stay out there handle business because all that stuff could go away quick. So, like, really my mindset with everything is take everything with a grain of salt to it. Like, it's cool, but uh, if things don't work out the right way, then they'll remember you for a bad thing. So you don't never really want to. 
have those guys be the focus of that. I feel like that's more for them. You know, being able to witness history, um, them being able to see what's never been done before uh, in person, live in purpose, in person, and them going to be able to tell their kids one day, hey, I remember when this happened. Now, I understand Terrell Owens being around. Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders knows. Warren Sapp being around. Deion Sanders knows. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson. Deion Sanders knows. Okay. But how about DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, C.C. Sabathia? What's the connection? Except that CU is a cool place to be. It's the place. And watch, presumably from the sideline, right? From a privileged or, or position, in the boxes, but uh, yeah. in, even apart from groups that, in some cases anyway, I'm too old ever to have heard of, it impresses me that they're getting six to ten reasonably contemporary people in sports yeah. that have no real connection to Dion, much less yeah, the, the University the rock of Colorado up there for the. Rocky Mountain Showdown, you know, being visible everywhere. And and, and it's it, it, what I liked about what Shadur said there. It, it was kind of maybe lost in the shuffle and lost in the shuffle because I think he actually really didn't feel like he needed to feature it. And he basically pointed out, he's like, well, if we don't take care of business, all that goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he kind of understands like it's fun, but it, but it only matters if we win, it keeps going. If we don't, it doesn't. So, I mean, it, we, the focus still needs to be on trying to go win football. I games. can't imagine that there is a remaining regular season game left that will draw 10 million viewers or more. No. I think those days are gone with September turning fact, to October. The, However, the game against Southern Cal wasn't anywhere, you know, yeah. I don't think they've been deterred by these losses. Now, if USC had turned into a replica of Oregon, Which it looked like it might that have early, might it didn't. be different. Right. But because they came back and they showed grit, even on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they obviously weren't particularly good, but they did show some grit. Now, I think they continue to be relevant to the extent that people will pay attention to what they do. And to me, that is extraordinary because you cannot name a middle-of-the-pack team in any of the other conferences, major, uh, mid-major, or otherwise, Power Five group or otherwise, that attracts 5% of the attention that CU draws being arguably the seventh best team in the Pac-12. Danny Bailey, our producer, and I were talking about it in the studio before uh, before the show. And I, I, I wasn't up in Boulder today. I, I watched that on the, the live stream. Over on their YouTube, it was a 40-minute long press conference. There are people in the comments there for the entire 40 minutes just to, as Deion Sanders said, oh, look, when people always say, there's haters, I roll my eyes. Yes, I get it, whatever, but who cares? It comes to the territory, and Dion says that too. But I'm watching just regular people on YouTube that are literally for 40 minutes watching a press conference to apparently find things to pick on and, and post on the comments and go, why this is all a joke? Like, 
one, what job do you have? And two, are you hiring? Because it sounds pretty great if I can just randomly take an hour off in the middle of my day and just comment on YouTubes that I don't like. Sounds pretty awesome. I mean, let me know. Uh, S. Drotar on Twitter, just let me know if you're hiring. Sounds like a great gig. Well, the funny thing is in reading all these pieces... but I mean, but that's that's why they're they're so you everywhere. Have all the posts and half of them There's are people that love it and people that hate it. No, no. But the, the idea is, if you hate it, why are you yeah. reading it? If you find so it weird. excessive, why are you wasting your valuable time reading it? There's something that draws people in, and you know what these people are. These are the people that drive. I'm going to pick on them. I'm going to pick on them. I'm going to do it. I pick on them every once in a while. It's my it's my grammar thing of the day. People say, "Oh, I could care less." Oh, okay. Well, that means you actually do care a little. The correct thing is I couldn't couldn't care care less, less. which means that then you really don't care about it at all. But then people say, well, I could care less. That's what these people are. They're the people who go, I could care less. Okay, well, there's your Freudian slip. You actually do care. You You just want to act like you don't care. Yeah. And And, that's what this is. It's an act. It's bizarre. And it's very transparent. Uh, Listen, uh, 30,000 watched the post game. (laughs) press conference the other day that Dion conducted live on YouTube. That's 30,000 live. Press conference. By Monday morning, 170,000 had watched it. I don't know how many press conferences you and I have been to together. I, I mean, I, I combined, it must be more than we could count. I got to be honest. I'm never going, oh, man, I need to watch this press conference the day after. I mean, if it's for, you know, something really fascinating happens or obviously it's for our job and we're catching these things. But, I mean, just the average football fan going, I got to catch a press conference. Wow. But to Shadur's credit, he was then asked specifically about the fact that he has terrific numbers, but we know that the offense could be better. He still takes too many sacks, way too many sacks, enough that you're concerned about it. The running game started to come into form. Hearing Sanders talk about the idea a little bit prior to this, because we've heard, we heard it after the game, that he wasn't going to accelerate plays. He wanted to make sure everyone's on the same page, even if that means things are going slower. He he addressed that again, but then he had more interesting answer about how the offense, they're still learning. At one point, he even forgot how many games they had played because he's focusing on how they're just trying to get better on the offense. I feel like it's very fun. I'm having fun playing this game. I know in each week we're we're faced with different battles and really it's just getting comfortable within the offense because, you know, this this the fifth game or we going to the sixth game, I'm not sure. Um, I really knowing the ins and outs of the offense. So week by week, I feel like we're improving as a whole. And I feel like this is the second half of the season, and now we're going to be comfortable, and you'll be able to see what this offense is for you. Of course, when you go back and watch film, it's okay. It's a couple reads you missed or a couple throws you missed, or you got to quicken up and, you know, just understand the pieces you got around you and use them to the best ability. So that's the main thing that you go back and and do, but I don't think no quarterback in the world just had just a perfect game saying, I can't improve anywhere. Well, this is midseason. Essentially. And again, this is a team that was thrown together over the spring and the summer. The expectation is that it will take, we have Justin Adams on from CBS Colorado regularly. He played for the Buffaloes. He said specifically all offseason when we talked to him right here on this show, these these guys, offensively and defensively, will not hit their stride. And he actually said, at least until game six. And that's, based on his experience, knowing that you weren't having this kind of turnover before. This is unprecedented. So it is not shocking that it will 
it is still a work in progress. But what I like about it, and I think what Buffs fans should be excited about, is that with the exception of the Oregon game, this team has been able to move the ball on everybody. And in theory, they should get better. Travis Hunter will be back at some point. We'll hear a little bit about that in a, in a couple of minutes from Deion Sanders, who has some an update on that. But I, I like a couple parts of that. I like that Shadur Sanders has the no quarterbacks out a perfect game. There's always something I can do better. I think that's terrific. I think that at the same time, giving yourself a little bit of acceptance and saying, I, I don't expect it to be perfect right now when I never did. I think that's a good thing for an offense to hear from its quarterback to understand, to, to give guys a little bit of space and say, yeah, it is a work in progress for every single one of us. And we've all got to work together and make sure it gets better. But I, I, I'm impressed with Sanders, the player. I'm really impressed with Sanders, the leader. Well, leaders take accountability. And he took right after the game the other day all the blame for what seemed a rather deliberate drive when they were two scores down, less than five minutes remaining. And the crowd, I think, assumed that it was the head coach of the offense, essentially, Sean Lewis, the coordinator, who wasn't getting the plays in or they they weren't coming in garbled, whatever it was. And Shador Sanders said, no, that's wrong. He wants to go fast. But I just felt on some of those plays that we needed some extra time because there were two or three guys who weren't exactly sure of what they were supposed to do. And I would rather get the play right than get the play off quickly even if it costs us a few seconds. And by the end of that drive, essentially they put themselves in a position in which they had to recover the onside kick. Counter-argument is that if you speed up and the guys don't know the play, that maybe ends in a turnover. Or you put you're or never in that position to begin whatever. with. Yeah. It, it makes sense to try to get it yeah. right. And, and listen, I think it's been pointed out by people who have no reason to be anything but honest, don't have a stake in the game one way or the other, that CU wasn't close to winning that game. They still made it interesting at the end. Well, it When it didn't yeah. seem like there would be any kind of finish that anyone and would And this wasn't Oregon. To. They didn't pull everybody. No. Uh, they didn't no. let off. And, and no. so there, there, there was reason to believe then that what you're seeing and I suppose real. there was a point when it was 48-21 where it might have seemed reasonable to uh, maybe consider even, uh, not that they'd do it, and I'm not sure I would do it either, but take out the quarterback mm-hmm. who has been sacked 26 times this year. Only Old Dominion has allowed more sacks than the University of Colorado. It is also true that CU in its last three games in the first half has been outscored 90 to 28. Yes. The defense continues to break down. The special teams, there's no other way to say it. The special teams have been poor. Um, the punting's been okay. The place kicking has been uh, maybe not horrendous, but close to that. And they're actually using two, two place kickers. Yeah, now. they're using two place kickers in Jace Feely and uh, Alejandro. Feely Mata. is very erratic. Um, 
the other kid is reliable, but has more a very reliable, short range. but doesn't have as much range as Feely does. But again, having range doesn't mean anything when you're kind of holding your breath on anything longer than 30, 35 yards. Well, football season is here. And while you're at it, why bet with the big boys? Try your hand at the local book. That's our friends at Superbook Sports. They're the book next door, just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook gives you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code MILEHIGH. So bet with the best and use promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, you talked about some of those issues, including the slow starts. Deion Sanders had a chance to speak as well, talked about his expectations for Travis Hunter and his plan to fix those slow starts and how long it takes it. What would happen this week, next week? Put it this way. He's not a terribly patient man. We'll hear more from Coach Prime next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, we heard from Shadur Sanders, the Colorado Buffaloes quarterback, just a little bit ago. Of course, Deion Sanders had the opportunity to talk. Deion uh, really misses the opportunity to talk. I mean, part of his brand. But important things to, to share, and maybe the, the most interesting, one of the most telling one for the Buffs is the update on Travis Hunter's condition. Now, Hunter dealing with a lacerated liver from the hit suffered in the uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown, the, the late hit there. But uh, Hunter expected to get better. Omarion Miller played brilliantly against USC, and even though Travis Hunter is, as they say, one of one, the Buffs do have a lot of receiving options. Dion gave an update on Travis Hunter's condition and also made it clear what he wanted to see. Travis is doing well. He was out at practice today coaching his butt off. He's one of the best coaches we have. Uh, and uh, he, he's on, uh, shoot, Kamani, he's on his butt. He's on his butt day in and day out. And Travis is, I say, maybe a week or two, two being latter, let's say two or three. It would be my dream and desire for him to stay out until after the bye week. But I know Travis, he's going to want to, you know, because he's going to see Shiloh most likely as a chance or possibility of prayer that you may see Slusher. You may see several, you know, starters of that secondary that's supposed to be in there, and I know he's going to want to join. But I, I would love him to be out until the bye. That gives him a like three extra weeks. I like that answer, and I yeah, agree completely. I, I agree with him. Um, you err on the side Especially of Especially given that the two games you have appear to be winnable. You without should him. win without him in the next two weeks. In the next two he, games, he would have been injured be then on September 16th. The next, if he goes to the bye, the next game would be back in October 28th, five okay. weeks. Late October. But I mean, that's that you get five weeks to get better. Yeah. That yeah. those extra three weeks are really important. And I, I agree with Sanders. Uh, I appreciate what he's basically saying is I'm not a doctor. Uh, I, I'm not the medical staff, but I think he made a pretty clear statement. My desire and what I love, what I would love 
is that he's out till the bye. Well, and he, I think if you're Dion, he also said he's not really practicing now. He's coaching. He's coaching. And there was he some was on the practice field yeah. made even in the press box on Saturday. I was hearing it. Well, he may come back next week, and Deion Sanders is essentially saying there. There's never he's really that been in, serious in the public, He's also saying that to Travis Hunter. He's saying, "Look, I know you want, well, but, but uh, Hunter, no. Hunter would perhaps want to play on Saturday. Well, he, he wanted, certainly he wanted to, to play against we'll Oregon. Play the sound. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That, and, and, and that was never good. no. But I, I'm saying that, I, you know, you could probably justify playing him against Stanford, but but why? why? That's the and worst then you team got left on your schedule, right? Yeah, that's the weakest team you play. Why risk it? And, you know, I, I think the fact that McLean and Miller stepped up the other day mm-hmm. has made everybody a little more comfortable with waiting that extra week on Travis Hunter, which so is too. always what you do in that kind of injury. You determine, all right, he could come back this week, but we'll mark that and then we'll wait another week just to be sure. Yeah, uh, Xavier Weaver has 490 receiving yards and a pair of touchdowns. Jimmy Horn Jr., 327, four touchdowns. Uh, Omarion Miller now with 196 and a touchdown. Uh, Michael Harrison, the tight end, has four touchdowns. A lot of good rapport with uh, Shadur Sanders now. Tarvarsh Dawson, even off the, uh, the bench, has 124 and one. Uh, Travis Hunter has 16 catches for 213, didn't have a touchdown yet. It's not as if Hunter's not the best of the bunch, but they have depth. And over the next couple of weeks, it seems on the receiving side you don't need more it. at receiver than they do it right, corner. and I think at corner there's a but the 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 fact that McLean stepped up, uh, Cameron Silman Craig who's playing safety, he played you know instead I get that, but uh, made his third interception, leads the Pac-12 in interceptions, uh, the only man to intercept Caleb Williams this year. Uh, they've they've got, I'm I'm with you. It's it's enough. It's enough against the next two teams that you're not going to take a guy that, that Deion Sanders has said specifically. And this is his statement. The best player we have on defense and the best player we have on offense, you can't risk that guy. And you he's, can't risk he's a guy. long-term guy because yes. he's not draft eligible. No. No. I mean, you just so can't risk So you're him. getting at least another year after this So that quote to me makes an awful lot of sense. I, I really liked hearing it. He was also asked specifically now because you pointed it out, Sandy, before. This game where Colorado travels to Arizona State. This isn't a national game. This isn't going to be high profile. This is this is your Pac-12 conference game in a big pile of Pac-12 conference games. The fact that it's not going to be high profile, making it the first game for the Buffs under Deion Sanders that isn't, how does that change things? We're going to be on somebody's television. I promise you that. We're going to be on somebody's television, and we we got to go out there and exceed expectation. We really do. It it doesn't matter if we're on a national stage or not. We we're national. We people understand that we're here and they understand that we're coming and they understand that what we're building. So we just got to have a consistency and a continuation, um, especially early on. The challenge and the goal this week we got to win the first and second quarter. That's the challenge and that's the goal. We're gonna win the first and second quarter. And not just ease their way into the game. They certainly couldn't afford to do that against Oregon or USC. And even against Arizona State, you don't want to give them any sort of belief early in the game that they can play with CU and beat CU. And if it's like CSU and it's a three-point 
It's a seven-point deficit at the halftime. That's that's no good. You you keep them interested for as short a time as possible, and it would be nice to get the first score. It's been a while since they were able to do that. It, it has, and that's that's a big part of it. And talked about uh, a, a little bit more of an elaboration specifically. Nebraska, I believe. I think you're right. You're right. On expectations uh, this week on the road against Arizona State. Well, last week wasn't about expectation. Last week was about winning. This week is more about expectations than than many of the other weeks because that's the expectation that we have of ourselves to go in and win this game. You want to win every game, but, I mean, you really expect to win some games a lot more than others. Um, This game, we – we expect to run the football. We've shown that we could last week. We expect to throw the ball successfully. We've shown that we can um, in its totality during the whole season. Um, we've shown that when we take something away, let's dedicate to taking something in the way, we could stop the run. Yeah, they got a couple bounce out, and the guy made an incredible run. That was an incredible run. Other than that, you take away those yardage, we did a pretty good job in stopping the run. Um, expectations is the, the shed the big plays down, scramble plays where they break contain, and uh, the kid did a great job. That's why he won the Heisman Trophy last last week. But if we stay in our zones and, and stay with our man, we, that doesn't happen. So the expectation is to do your job for the four to five seconds that that play involves you. So our expectations of ourselves are a lot more lofty than expectations that you may have of us. But we have tremendous expectations for this season. And uh, we – we're just getting started with it. We really are. Most everyone expects them to win this game. Yes. And not many expected them to win last week and even fewer the week before on the road. at. Oregon. And that's different. Here they are now because, let's face it, this team, and, and remember, when even after uh, the TCU game, Nebraska opened as the favorites ahead of Colorado. By two and a half uh, points. Remember yeah, that. That, so, that was true until the TCU game ended. And then within 48 hours, <laughs> CU was favored by a field goal. Yes. Instead of being a 10. But this 10 is this is under. really the first game in which people They've looked at the buffs and say. Financial favorite other than CSU. Yeah. I mean, even with the, the Nebraska game, said, well, it should be close and maybe they should win. Right. This oh, is yeah. the, first, the first game for the buffs that they're, they're looking at that they should win this week. They yeah. should win this and week. And it's a road game. With the exception it's of the, the Rocky Mountain Showdown, which turned out to be, you know, uh, expected to be a blow, and it didn't happen. So the Buffs, and when they did have those expectations just the one time, they didn't live up to it. A month ago, now, let's say five weeks ago, I thought on the schedule this was a 50-50 game. And now it's not. Now, now it's, it's not. 75-25, 80-20. See you on the road, clearly favored. Much more important game, I think, for them to win, to get some confidence back that they may have lost at Oregon. And as far as home and road, they've had a favorable opening schedule. But I think Shadur Sanders mentioned this the other day. I want to see them because I haven't seen them look quite this way since against a credible opponent. I want to see them start fast, and they certainly did at TCU. 
have a lead in the third quarter, maybe a double-digit lead in the third quarter, and even if there's a little pushback from Arizona State, they withstand it. There was a lot of pushback at TCU after they led 24-14. They were down not once, but three times, Mm -hmm. not even twice, three times. They were down and had to rally and then had to stop TCU on what was potentially a game-tying or game-winning drive at the end. And Sanders talked about, this is Shadur, talked about getting back to that. Even from an offensive point of view, getting back to that, the feeling that they could answer anything that TCU threw at them, even when they blew the 10-point lead, that they could still move it. And except for the end against CSU, that wasn't there. Uh, Nebraska really wasn't there for the first half. Uh, And maybe even the first four or five minutes of the second half, it was 13 to seven, remember. And then, of course, they never led against Oregon or USC <laughs> and were only tied briefly. So they, they have to get back that feeling they had at TCU. And if they bring that feeling, if they can recreate it, they'll win easily. And they'll have a better chance of recreating it if they can continue to commit and have success with the run that they were able to build on against Southern Cal. That would be valuable as well. Well, the Buffaloes, uh, look, uh, they're black and gold, but we're going to go to the team that wears gold that actually, uh, well, toted a gold trophy around today while they opened training camp. That would be the Denver Nuggets, the NBA defending champions. That's right. They're back already. Ryan Blackburn, host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast, will join us next on My Life Sports. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.